podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. To another edition of Across the Pond Sports Podcast, I'm James Scott. In a moment, we will have Katie Brinkley um, bringing us her Week 10 review. A um, lot of big games, lots of prizes. Uh, Hale Murray was involved, um, and not Andy Murray for those in Scotland. Um, it was um, a bumper weekend of some great games, um, some surprises, um, and a lot of late wins. Um, really good weekend of football. And we did spend it on Collide um, for the Denver um, Las Vegas game, um, which was really good. So thank you to everyone who joined us on that one. Um, if you want to get us on social media, you can do so. Um, search for us on Facebook and Instagram, Across the Pond Sports Podcast, and on Twitter at ATP Sports Pod. Um, soon to have a big announcement. Um, we are ha- well, will have a website very soon, um, so look out for that when it arrives. And we will um, make you aware that it's there as well, and we'll put some social media stuff up on it as well. And um, we are going to do another game this weekend on Collide. Um, we will maybe put out a poll, um, so you guys can choose as to to which game that we cover, and you guys can all log in um, on Collide, and uh, we can all watch it together and have a laugh. Certainly was a, a very good laugh uh, this weekend um, with all the, the Broncos and Raiders fans that came and joined us. So um, great to, to get chatting with them. Um, apart from that, let's let's get on with the show. There's a lot to get in um, and a lot of uh, big games to talk about. Okay, then we are back with Katie. We've got our week 10 review. A lot of good games this weekend, a lot of surprises. Uh, but we're uh, going to start off, Katie. You've got the, the Thursday night game, uh, the Colts at the Titans. Yeah, man, it feels like that was so long ago. But here we are talking about the, the Colts and the Titans. And it was definitely a game for the former NC State alum, uh, Philip Rivers. I don't know. He looked like he was drinking from the fountain of youth. <laughs> uh, this was definitely the best game that he's had as a Colt. I I was very impressed with him. And I think that I actually picked the Titans to win this game. But as, as in typical Thursday night fashion, you never know what to expect. And, and Philip Rivers, apparently he does better on short rest because he, he was pretty unstoppable. Um, the other NC State guy that looked amazing was Naheem Hines. And talk about a a stellar game for him Um, we've kind of forgotten about Hines a little bit because he's doing that timeshare with Jonathan Taylor and he was he was off the charts if the Colts continue to play this way they are going to uh, they'll definitely win the division and it was just so surprising for me because the Titans up until this week they looked to be that complete team with Derrick Henry running the ball so well and Ryan Tannehill making those smart decisions, but really the, the Titans had no answer for Philip Rivers and Naheem Hines uh, on Thursday. Yeah, Philip Rivers, I think we've we've given him a couple of knocks <laughs> as the, the weeks have gone by um, because he hasn't looked great and he has looked pretty mediocre, um, but this was definitely a turnaround for him. Uh, 308 yards and one touchdown. Um, certainly big on production from himself and like you say, Hines, pretty decent. Um, Derek Henry still 
with uh, 19, yard, uh, 19 carries for 103 yards uh, on the Titans' side. He was probably their only highlight um, of this game. Everyone else, yeah, it's like the Titans just didn't get going. Um, certainly in the second half, they didn't, they didn't even score. No, and they have got, I don't know what's going on with Stephen Goskowski. I, I, I cannot believe the way that he's playing this year. This is not what he's known for. And this obviously is not why Tennessee brought him in because he's, he's been steady Eddie. He's, he's always out there kicking those field goals, making them. And he's struggling this year. I, I'm wondering how much longer they stick with him before they, you know, try and find someone else off the streets because he's missing way too many field goals. Yeah, um, I had him in my fantasy team right at the beginning of the season. I was like, oh, he's a lock. He is nailed in uh, to get me some fantasy points. And I think after two weeks, I dropped him like a bad smell. Um, He he was absolutely terrible. Um, And and he's continued to be really bad. And like you say, the Titans bring, bring him in thinking, well, at least we've got kicking sorted, if nothing else. Um, and then he, he's totally, totally flopped. Um, moving along then to the Sunday night games. Um, first one, um, I'm going to give a shout out to Graham Hunter. He is an avid Giants fan from Airdrie slash Glasgow um, here in Scotland. Um, he has never lost faith that the Giants will win games. Um, never lost faith. And and sometimes as a Cowboy fan, I, I maybe take the ribbon out of them a bit. Um, however, they have done, Katie, what, what we kind of had hoped they would do is they kept on fighting. They're fighting for their coach. They're fighting for their play. And, you know, they, they won 27 to 17 um, against the Eagles. And it, the Eagles are no great shakes. But the numbers that um, Jones put up passing, 244 yards, it's pretty decent. He, again, was the, the biggest runner. However, the biggest playman was was Gallman. He he was on fire, two touchdowns for 18 carries. Yeah, that was definitely something that I was really excited to see was just how good he had been running the ball because Wayne Gallman, one, I picked him up in one of my fantasy leagues. So that was really exciting to to have him play well. Um, But yeah, that is one thing with the Giants is that we've said a couple times now is they have not given up hope at all. They're still coming out there and trying. And um, Daniel Jones isn't going to give up on his team. He's, I mean, he's playing with a ton of heart right now. I, I really didn't see them being a better team than the Eagles, but that just goes to show you how, much of a struggle it is to be uh, in the NFC East this year. So um, yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely a, a bit of concern. I, Miles Sanders had that one huge run for the Eagles, but again, I mean, no touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, once was just flat and I feel like the entire Eagles team just kind of looks, looks flat. Um, but yeah, it was, it was ex- exciting to see Gallman kind of step up and see somebody finally take that lead rushing role for the Giants this last week. Yeah, I think as as well, you, you mentioned Sanders, uh, Boston Scott, he had a, a, a pretty decent run, 56-yarder. Um, and, and But apart from it, it's strange. Usually we talk about the quarterback in and the passing, um, but there really wasn't a lot of that from Philadelphia. It was all about the run. Um, 
just touching on our picks for last week. Um, so last week, um, if you remember, we had um, Katie's dad, Eric, on the show, um, and he gave us his picks as well. Uh, so unfortunately, we all picked the Titans in the in the Thursday night game. Um, however, fortunately, um, both Katie and Eric took the Eagles um, over the Giants, whereas I decided I'd go a bit off, off kilter, and I took the Giants. Um, so... Big shout out to Graham Hunter again, just for, for giving me that. But um, <laughs> so I, I take a, a, a slight lead um, over you, and Eric. Um, but yeah, I mean, this this game was a game that was on red zone quite a lot, and and it, with every right to be, it was a really exciting game, and that's what I think we've seen from the Giants so far this season is a team that just are not going to give up until that final whistle. Exactly. I, they're, they're playing, they're only at three and seven, but they're playing like a team that's at five and five or, or six and four, a team that's, that's determined to make the playoffs. And you, you have to be impressed with that because they're, they're playing with a ton of heart. Um, so I, you know, it's, it's been enjoyable to at least to continue watching the Giants find their, their footing and find their identity without Saquon Barkley. Um, I think that that's probably why they were struggling a bit at the beginning too, but um, Daniel Jones is, is still trying to do it all. He needs to kind of rely on some of his other teammates a little bit more, but I think that they're definitely going to be able to continue to grow. And this is going to be a really good team next year when Barkley is back and Barkley's healthy. Uh, but anyways, uh, the, the next team that I have to, to talk about is a team and a game that I thought was going to be a blowout. I think I, I think I had, the team winning by like 20 when I made the prediction. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but this game, wow, it ended up being really good. And I don't talk about another team that's, you know, not sitting very, very well in, in the rankings right now and with a, a bad record, but they're playing so hard every week. And that's the Jacksonville Jaguars. They came out and gave the Green Bay Packers a run for their money. It Lutton played decent. Um, Robinson ran the ball. Amazing. I, I just can't believe on how, how well that they were able to go toe to toe with, with the Packers. I mean, that was, would have been a huge upset. Um, but the, the Packers were only able to pick up, pick off a, a victory by four points. Yeah, I mean, and it was in the fourth quarter that that they did it uh, towards the end of the game. Um, it did look as though actually Jacksonville were were going to win, and I was a little bit worried by this um, because I was like, no, Aaron Rodgers is on my fantasy team, and he didn't be doing better. And um, he did throw an interception, but he also threw uh, two touchdowns for three hundred twenty-five yards. Lutton didn't, he only threw for 169 yards. I mean, there was not a lot of yardage there. Um, and they only had one rusher, Robinson. Um, he 23 carries for 109 yards. So there wasn't, when you look at the, the Green Bay um, stats compared to the Jacksonville stats, you would have thought that Green Bay absolutely wiped the floor. Just like you say, you know, we were expecting a 20 win, a 20 point win. I had 24. Um Eric had 17. Um, so Eric, by the way, wins this one. <laughs> well done, Eric. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, I was expecting a blowout. I think the if you look at the betting lines as well, they were pretty much saying it was going to be blowout, I think, by by 13 and a half. They were calling it. So yeah, 
you would say blow, but Jacksonville, like you say, they, they just wouldn't let it go at all. Yeah, um, it, it ended up being a way better game than I think any of us thought it would be. Yeah, definitely. Um, another good game um, was the Washington football team uh, were taking on the Detroit Lions. Um, this one was another nail-biter. Um, came down to the last couple of plays. Washington, desperate to, to, to get back into the game, um, scored 17 points in the fourth quarter. Um, they were doing everything that they could. Um, Alex Smith, I mean, if you talk about a comeback story, Alex Smith... Um, breaks his leg two years out comes back um, and obviously through injuries and Haskins being fired or still on the team but fired <laughs> is he on garden leave I don't know if you have that in the states garden leave <laughs> I, I, I haven't heard of that tell what is what's garden leave <laughs> so garden leave is usually what happens if if you're an employee and you are going to go to a, a company that is in the same industry that you're already in so you don't kind of sabotage them or anything else. What they do is they, they basically send you home, pay for a month until you start your new job. <laughs> Usually what happens. Um, and I'm surprised <laughs> that they haven't done this with him because, you know, he's not doing much else. Um, but Alex Smith, um, I think, had an outstanding game. Yeah, his stats probably aren't the best, but 390 yards is pretty decent. Um, the rushing game was was okay. It wasn't great. Um, but I have Swift for the Lions on my fantasy team. And that guy was uh, receiving it. He was rushing it. He, he, was, he was definitely the player of this game um, for the Lions. And I think he's really what tipped them over the edge. Like I say, that last, that kind of comeback from Washington, I, I was starting to panic towards the end because I was like, I do kind of want Alex Smith to get a win. But at the same time, I want Swift to get me more points. <laughs> But it was really, it was a really, really tough game. It was won, as I say, by three. Um, now we have all taken Washington football team to win this one. You, myself, and Eric. So none of us win on this one, I'm afraid. I think we all were really hoping that Alex Smith would have a uh, victory in his first game back as a starter in the NFL because. How cool would it have been if, if he could have won his first game back as a starter after that horrific injury a couple years ago? And I mean, honestly, it came down to the, the final seconds. And Detroit, like you were saying before, they have a looks like Swift is going to be a great running back for them for, for a while. It looks like maybe Stafford finally has that really solid runner that he can kind of take some of the uh, pressure that he's been carrying since he's been in the league off of his shoulders because he has that running game. But Matt Prater, holy cow. I mean, when he was here in Denver, we, we got to see him a lot and, and see what kind of a, a leg he has. And he really, he's a, he's a great kicker. And he just made that, I think it was like a 59-yard field goal to win the game. He just made it look easy. And um, it, it's, it's, Matt Patricia has a job for one more week. So that, that is something that uh, he, we all can be excited about. But um, the, the Lions are sitting at four and five. They're, they're not out of this yet, and they, they, they're making the right moves to be a successful team in the NFL, and I, I like seeing Swift get more involved in the game, for sure. Talking about Patricia, is because we talk about him every week, kind of being on the hot seat and, and being the next, next coach to go, um, and then the Lions pull out a win. Um, is, 
does there come a stage in the season where actually Patricia's fine? Yeah, I think, I don't, you know what? I don't know. I, I want to say yes, just because I don't know why I, I like, I like him, but <laughs> I do. And I want to see him be a successful NFL coach, but there, I just feel like he's, he's in a rough situation um, because the, the Lions, no matter what they try and do, it's just, they always kind of seem to have this gray cloud hanging over their stadium and they just can't get away from it. Um, despite what, you know, let's say Swift is, is doing great. And then so-and-so another guy will get injured. And I just feel like they always have bad luck at Detroit Lions do, but Matt Patricia, I'm hoping that he's able to make it to the end of the year. I think that, I think that after maybe week 13, if, if they kind of can keep going with these, these wins, um, or, or at least splitting them if they, if they went lose next week, but win the following, I think that he'll have a job for the rest of the season. But if they, if they don't win the, the next three games, then I think that they'll, they'll probably cut ties with him. Well, speaking of coaches that are on the hot seat or that have been on the hot seat, um, let's talk about the Houston Texans who are with their second coach of the season and what a boring game it was between them and the Cleveland Browns. Wow, snooze fest. Um, the only thing that was really exciting from this game was seeing Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt come back out and be that two-headed monster again. Chubb had over 126 yards rushing and Hunt had 104 yards rushing. Those two guys, when they're on the field together, it's it's amazing to me as to how they both can be so dominant together. And sure enough, they, they, they both were dominant. Um, that, I mean, Baker Mayfield only had 130 yards through the air. So, I mean, it, it was a pretty boring game. Deshaun Watson, 163 yards through the air. He's not that explosive player this year that he has been in years past. So um, I, I think that, I think he's really lost without having Hopkins there, but it's it's going to be interesting to see next year when they, when they have a new coach, how he's going to be able to rebound. Because again, he, he was showing explosiveness on the ground and making the right football decisions. And he was just looks like a player that was ready to be in this league. And now he's, he, the entire Texans team just all look like they're not on the same page. So um, Browns ended up winning this game by three. And uh, it was, like I said, it was a little bit of a boring game, but it was great to see Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt back out there again. Yeah. Um, I, I, going to be honest, when this game kept coming on red zone, I kind of switched off. Um, I was not interested in this game whatsoever. It was just a bit of a, a dull kind of game. Just, there was no enthusiasm. Now, the game did start late. Um, there was a, a lightning strike within eight miles of the stadium, so NFL rules mean teams go back to the locker room, so um, there was about a half an hour delay uh, in kickoff. The, the lightning strike was probably the only excitement that anyone's seen um, in Cleveland. <laughs> um, so it, it was it was just a dull game. The only thing that I would add to it is Deshaun Watson needs to find a new team um, in the offseason. I know he's got signed a big contract and stuff, but somebody needs to come in and rescue him because that's just not going to go well. Um, in terms of the, the lines, um, so I had taken them by six, the Browns. Um, so I win uh, only slightly. Um, Kate, you had taken them by 10. Eric had taken them by seven. So he was he was pretty close. Um, talking about quarterbacks that are, are, are 
or need to move or, or don't need to move in this case, Tom Brady and his Tampa Bay Buccaneers bounce back after their absolute butt whipping uh, handed to them by the Saints last week. Um, Brady, 341 yards for three touchdowns. And he looked like a man on a mission. Um, another person who looked a bit on a mission uh, was Antonio Brown. He hit, got seven carries uh, for 69 yards, didn't get a touchdown. But guess who did? Gronkowski. Jeez, they almost forgot he'd signed for the Buccaneers. <laughs> we hadn't seen him that much. Um, it, it was a bit of a blowout. It was 46 to 23 for the Buccaneers. They did come back. Tom Brady doesn't tend to lose two games in a row. Um, and that, that was pretty evident that that wasn't going to happen really early on. Um, they just, although they were down in the first quarter, as soon as the second quarter kind of kicked in, yeah, they, they found their feet and they just went with it. And Bridgewater was okay. 136 yards for two touchdowns. He did throw an interception. Um, Miles uh, Davis, um, not doing great. 32 yards. I mean, that, that was, that was pretty, pretty dire. Um, and, there wasn't much receiving yards either. I mean, a total of 148 um, over, and and Moore, I think, was the, the biggest guy. 96 yards he got with a touchdown, but it just didn't seem to be clicking for, for the Panthers. It, I don't know if it's just maybe a bad week or it's the, the Brady factor and the fact that he's not going to lose two games in a row. Um, we all took the, the Buccaneers in this, um, you, myself, and Eric. Um, and I think you won this one as well because you're taking the, the Buccaneers to win by 10. Um, so they won by sizably more than that. But you you take the win uh, nonetheless. Um, what did you think? Was was this Brady just stamping his mark on the league again? Well, I think you're very right with that. It, Brady had an awesome game. Uh, when we saw them play against the Saints last week, it was a mess and None of them looked like they came out ready to play. But I really think despite Tom Brady's stat lines and having all those touchdowns and all those receivers having all those yards, what we need to talk about from this game was the fact that when the Bucks played against the Saints two weeks ago, they ran the ball for just five times. This week, it was the complete opposite. They, they ran for over 210 yards on 37 carries. Uh, Ronald Jones ran for a career high, 192 yards. That is what really set the game apart for me is that they were committed to the run game and they just went all in on it. And it allowed Brady to make those big plays, make those passes. And he has such an arsenal of weapons out there to throw to that he could just pick and choose who he wanted to throw the ball to. So I think that them figuring out the run game and having that be a key, a key part of their game plan is really what is the the biggest thing to, to talk about from this game here. Um, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how Tom Brady and, and the Bucks can stay on pace because it seems like we say like, Oh yeah, they're going to be, they're, they're a force now. Now they're looking, everything's clicking. And then they have some weird hiccup week like they did against the saints. So can they keep on track and, and make sure that they're coming out firing on, on all cylinders week after week? I think that if they do, then they are going to be unstoppable uh, for in the NFC. Um, probably going to be seeing them in, in the Super Bowl if, if they keep playing this way. Now, another team that, that we have uh, that talk about good quarterback play is the Miami Dolphins with and, and Justin Herbert. 
And who would have thought we'd be saying that about these two teams uh, this year? I mean, we, we all knew that, that Tua was dominant when he was at Alabama. But again, you and I both questioned, what are the, the Dolphins doing by taking out Fitzpatrick right now? The, the Dolphins, they're winning games. Why are you putting Tua in? And obviously they saw in, in practice he was ready. Um, I think that even after the game on Sunday against the Chargers, Tua came out afterwards and said, yeah, I thought that the NFL was going to be a little bit harder. What? Yeah, so he's he's Did he he's, see he's clicking. <laughs> <laughs> but the, you know what? And that's that is one of the things. He he only had 169 passing yards. He didn't make mistakes, so he's not throwing interceptions. He's getting touchdowns and, you know, he's again, they're they're winning games. I don't you know, really honestly, I look at the stats from the games and I'm like how are they winning all of these games? I mean, like, what is nothing is like amazing to me from from these games. I mean, like, like I just said, Tua had 169 passing yards, and then they had a running back by committee with five other people getting some carries out there. Uh, but I mean, like Ahmed, he had 21 carries uh, for 80 85 yards. So I mean, like, there's there's some good stats out of here, but it's nothing to show them being a six and three team. I feel. Uh, and I just feel bad for Justin Herbert, poor guy. He's, I feel like he's, he's making all the right decisions out there and he's trying to find the right receivers. They're just on the wrong end of all these close games. They, uh, they got down early. I mean, the, Miami got up by 14 in the first quarter and it's always hard to kind of dig yourself out of that hole, but they came right on back and, and made it, you know, an eight point game, which is is admirable considering they're down by 14 to start the game. Yeah, I mean, this game was um, on red zone pretty much all the time. Um, it And simply because it, it was fast paced, you've got two young quarterbacks that are really just going at each other. Um, where to uh, gets off saying that he thought the NFL would be harder. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> I'm not quite sure I understand where he's coming from because he's not throwing Tom Brady numbers. Um, and with that kind of comment, you, you probably have to be. Um, Justin Herbert, I think he is, again, finding his feet. He did throw an interception, um, but he also threw for two touchdowns. Um, and, and it was only an eight-point game um, at the end of the day, so it's just a score and a bet. Uh, I did feel sorry for him, though, because, like you say, I mean, he's, he's working so hard. And he's not had the, the college career that a Tua or a Murray has had. Um, and he has kind of come into the league as a bit of an unknown. And and really, by chance, he got the job he's in, um, you know, by a stroke of a needle um, in a lung. So, you know, he, he's been pretty fortunate. Um, we all took um, the uh, Dolphins to win, you, myself and Eric, Um sound like that film me myself and Irene um so uh, Kate you're taking the Dolphins to win by two um Eric had taken them by seven and I taken them by eight so I got them right on the nose so I will take that one and what we'll do now uh, before we hit up with the rest of the late games uh, and Monday Night Football uh, what we will do is we will let take a short break so we're back and we have the Broncos at the Raiders. Um, it finished 37-12 to the Raiders. Um, when we did guess the lines with your dad, 
um, Eric, um, you decided. We don't need to bring you... this up. No, we we don't need to no, bring no, that up. We... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's bring that up. So you you decided <laughs> to take the Denver Broncos by three. So you did think it was going to be close, um, and uh, myself and Eric didn't think it'd be close at all. Um, so um, Eric had taken them by seven. Which I thought was fair, and um, I taken them by fifteen, um, so I win um, on guess the lines on that game. So well done to me, um, and, and well done to Eric for for getting at least not go, not going with his heart. He went with his head. Um, in all fairness, though, when you look at the stats and you look at how Drew Locke did compared to Carr, Carr didn't throw for any touchdowns. He only threw for one hundred and fifty four yards. If Locke hadn't thrown four interceptions, he uh, this this score could be turned around. Drew Locke lost the game for the Broncos. I mean, hands down, he played horrible, absolutely horrible, and terrible football decisions. Four interceptions. I mean, we had zero run game. I I thought Philip Lindsay was going to be a huge factor in this game because of the type of. Uh, running back style that running style that he has and being able to catch the ball out of the backfield he was so underutilized it, this this was a horrible showing by the broncos um this was the game that we watched on collide for our watch party so thanks to everybody that that joined us we had fun with that we we had me and uh, a couple broncos and one or two raiders fans in there to to kind of keep things interesting but Thanks to everyone for, for joining us. It was a lot of fun to, to have so many people in the, the watch party this last week. Um, and it was fun too, because we were watching my Denver Broncos for the whole game. I just wish that they would have put out a better showing. Again, I just don't understand what, what, what the Broncos are, are doing. I, at one point in the, in the watch party group, uh, somebody had asked like, what do you think Katie uh, about Drew Locke? Is this, do they draft a quarterback? Was it you that asked that James? but uh, uh, no, no, it wasn't me. No. Okay. Well, he's, yeah. I was going to say somebody had asked like if we stick with drew lock after, after this season or if with the Broncos getting a presumably high draft pick in the, the 2021 draft, if we try and take another quarterback, because that seems like something that we do every other year here in Denver. And I mean, I, I originally said no, but this was, I think when only when drew lock had two interceptions on the day, um, I mean, he looked lost. It was a horrible showing from him. On the other side of the ball, the Raiders, they looked like a team uh, that had a, a solid game plan and knew exactly how they were going to execute it. I mean, it, the running game was insane. It was Josh Jacobs had 112 yards and two touchdowns. And Devontae Booker, the former Bronco, Devontae Booker, had 81 rushing yards and two touchdowns. I mean, I'm sure as Booker, this was a fantastic game for him because he was, uh, it's always fun to beat your old team and he was very underutilized when he was here in Denver. So I'm sure that he loved being able to run all over his former team. I, you know, between the only positive thing I can say from the game really is I really liked seeing Jerry Judy and Ruggs um, out on the field at the same time. Judy definitely looks to be finding his footing and finding his way in the NFL a little bit faster than rugs but maybe it's just because rugs can needs to just be a, de- a decoy um out there so but jerry judy had a great game um there was some boneheaded penalties in the game i had you know pa- tim patrick got kicked out for punching 
I, again, I don't understand why you would try and punch someone in the helmet. If anything, I feel like it's going to hurt your hand more than the guy that you're punching, but he got thrown out of game for punching a guy and it, it was just a mess for the Broncos all around. So let's, let's move on from this game and, and never discuss it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the Broncos, uh, certainly the, the chat on our Clyde um, watch party was very much, um, you know, it, it was, it was Raiders all the way. Um, one thing that was mentioned as well, and I, I think it was me that mentioned this was that, um, Denver do realize that in order to win games, they can't just hit field goals all day long um, because that's, we've seen it so many games now where they just hit field goal after field goal after field goal. They actually have to get a touchdown. Now, they did get a touchdown towards the end, but it's pretty much a garbage down uh, touchdown. So it doesn't really count for much. Um, but surely, as good as their kicker is, surely um, a, a new quarterback is, is in the offing. Um, or, or maybe Colin Kaepernick, you know, he's still available. Yeah, this it, it was not a, a good showing for Drew Locke. I and I mean, we, our, our backup, you know, Rippin is nothing to be excited about either. I just have such a hard time because every time I watch Josh Allen play, I get all sad because I'm like, oh, he we could have had him on our team. Um, and again, Bradley Chubb is no is no slouch, but. Uh, it's it it makes me very sad to watch Josh Allen play every every single week. Which th- that is the next game I have up on my list is is Josh Allen and his Buffalo Bills against Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals coming down to the final play of the game. And holy cow, are you kidding me? A hail mary and a triple coverage, and who who catches it? DeAndre Hopkins, the guys that. The Texans basically let walk away, that paid, basically paid the Cardinals to take off their hands for him. Uh, it, what a finish, what a game, and what special players uh, for, for the Bills and the, the Cardinals. I mean, Murray is 245 yards, one touchdown. Josh Allen, 284 yards, two touchdowns. Both of them had you know good rushing games. I mean, Again, I, I feel weird saying that for a quarterback, but these are two very mobile quarterbacks. And they both, I mean, Josh Allen led his team in, in rushing yards. He only had 38. So that just goes to show you how how poor the the run, running backs for the Bills are. But uh, Murray played great. Uh, Kenyon Drake was back and he had 100 rushing yards. Chase Edmonds was in there, had a couple carries for, for 56 yards. I mean, the Cardinals, they're, th- this was, the, my game of the week, I, I, I predicted it on on our last episode. This is the one to watch. And I never thought it would come down to a Hail Mary and a triple coverage. That was so awesome. Yeah, um, we're, we're now calling it a Hail Murray. Um, he, he was uh, definitely, definitely, because, um, I mean, he was almost sacked. He's throwing, he's twisting, and he still managed to get that ball away. Um, you know what? I think he would have made a hell of a baseball player. Um, but he he just managed to get that away. Hopkins at the other end does an absolute standing job getting up there and, and <clears throat> getting the defense away from him so he can grab that ball. It was an absolutely outstanding play. It's not one... A Hail Mary isn't something that happens every week. Um, it is a, a, a very rare occasion that it happens. And when it happens as spectacularly as this, one second left on the clock when they score that touchdown. So um, it was definitely the the game of the week. Um, and I think uh, Murray and the rest of the Cardinals must feel 
really, really sweet um, about that win. Um, I don't, because um, I had the Bills winning by three. <laughs> um, Eric had them winning by one. However, Katie takes the win. And on the nose as well, we've, we've done quite well here um, this week. Um, you've got them on the nose. You've got the Cardinals winning by two. Um, so good job by you. Um, one game that we kind of knew wouldn't be um, a game of the week kind of potential uh, was um, the 49ers um, taking on the Saints. Uh, it was pretty much as build. It was the Saints doing all they could. Um, the only news coming out of this game uh, thereafter was that Drew Brees um, has got broken ribs um, and is going to miss some time. They haven't put a timeline on it quite yet. Um, I guess it will depend on how bad it actually is. Um, in the game, though, um, itself, the 49ers, they took a seven-point lead and you were kind of like, oh, well, you know, See how long that lasts. Um, and then they, they got a field goal. You're like, mm, okay. Uh, and then suddenly the Saints decided to turn up in the second quarter um, and scored 17 points on them. Um, Drew Brees was doing very well. Um, he threw for a touchdown, 76 yards. Um, after that, the, the throwing from Winston didn't really happen all that much. Um, they used Hill um, eight times um, for 45 yards. Um, so Kamara was the big star, uh, I think, uh, towards uh, the end of the game, especially. He really just seemed to, it's like almost as if Breeze was gone. So here I am. I'm going to take over. This is going to be my game. Pretty much what I think Cowboy fans were hoping uh, when Dak went down, they, they were hoping that Elliot would kind of be that kind of guy that would then carry the team on his back. But that hasn't happened there. But Kamara has, and, and Kamara's done so well. Um, you do still have to feel sorry for the 49ers. They are injury-ridden all the way through the team. Um, there are players coming back all the time, um, so, but it just seems to be too little too late, and then you've got to get, get guys up to speed and everything as well. Um, Katie, it was all about the Saints, um, and, and they really smashed this one, even without Breeze um, once he went down injured. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Drew Brees and uh, how long he's going to be out for. I mean, we, we, we finally get to see Michael Thomas come back and because he's been injured and had you know disciplinary issues and then get injured again. So it's like, all right, finally, they have the, the full team is back and they're healthy and we're looking good. And now Brees is out. So it'll be interesting to see what, what they're able to do for the second half of the season here and how long that breeze is going to be out for. I'm sure he's going to miss at least, at least two games. I can't imagine him coming back and, and playing um, right away because broken ribs is for a quarterback. Well, I feel, I feel like for anybody is, is a tough injury to, to try and play through. So they're sitting at seven and two right now. I feel like they, they probably have the capability to, to have Winston in there and, and use Hill. Uh, but you're right. Kamara, He's stepped up and really carried this team on his back. He Once again, he was the leading receiver for the Saints. It wasn't Michael Thomas. It wasn't Emmanuel Sanders. It was Alvin Kamara. And he's running the ball. He's catching the ball. And he's really having a solid, solid year. Again, and you said, too, the, the 49ers, they're, they're struggling. You can't help but wonder what would have been if they would have not had all these injuries because they're still sitting at four and six which, you know, isn't too far out from, from the lead. 
in in the NFC West, and that that the Seahawks have a six and three record, and so did the Los Angeles Rams. The Seahawks just lost to the Rams last week, sixteen to twenty three. I that shocked me. Uh, Russell Wilson had a game that you can just. I'm sure he would like to forget about. It was a terrible showing out of Russell Wilson and uh, 248 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. He did have 60 yards rushing, which is goes to show you how much they're missing having Chris Carson out there because they're not getting any sort of rushing game out of, out of their running backs right now. And the fact that Russell Wilson's out there trying to, to do it all just kind of goes to show you why they're probably sitting at six and three on the other side. Jeff Jared Goff, he had 300 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. You know, Brown, Malcolm Brown, I swear, all it took for him to finally show up and have a decent season was for me to drop him from every single fantasy team that I had him in because I had him in all three, I think, at one time. The second that I dropped him, look who shows up. So I have Henderson now in one of them, and he had 28 yards and the touchdown, but Malcolm Brown, no, he's, he's having a season for the ages. He's had, you know, two touchdowns and passing receptions and everything else. So that's a lot of fun. But on that note, again, uh, I thought that the Seahawks, the Seahawks and Rams are sitting at six and three, the 49ers aren't out of it yet. So, I mean, if they're able to continue trying to play good games, this, this division is up for grabs. Yeah, um, it was a, a tough game um, if you're a Seahawks fan. Seahawks have done so well so far this season. Um, the, Russell Wilson was having the MVP type season. Um, I think he's probably seeing that slip slip away. Um, so the Seahawks won, um, which means that uh, myself and Katie, um, who had taken the Seahawks, we lose. However, Eric um, had taken the Rams to win by one. Um they surpassed that. So well done to Eric on that one. Um, the last game that we just covered as well, uh, the 49ers uh, and the Saints. Um, Eric and Katie, you got a tie um, because um, uh, Katie, you're taking them by 20. Eric, you're taking them by nine. So um, you guys tie that one. So you both get a point on that one. Um, but back to the Rams. I, I just, it's one of those games where, <sighs> And I, I've, I think we've both said it a couple of times now. One week the, the Rams will turn up, the next week they won't. They're so inconsistent. Um, and this is a game that they turned up. But also Russell Wilson looked off. And the, the Seahawks defense just looks to be getting worse and worse each week. So um, it's definitely not a, a great Seahawks defense. And I think actually you said it last week. Um, this isn't the Seahawks defense of the past where they were solid and dependable. This is a Seahawks defense that means that um, Wilson has to step up and, and score more um, in order for them to beat teams because teams are going to be able to score on the on the, the Seahawks. So um, it was a tough one um, for for the for the Seahawks, but I think the Rams were well worth the win. And you would start to hope that after 302 yards passing that, that Goff could actually score some points off of that one. Um, but it, we'll see what happens. I think the Rams moving forward, if they can start to find consistency and Goff can start to hit his guys in the end zone, um, then that, that should work out quite well for them. Um, a team that somehow has, is still managing to hit the end zone and uh, score points for fun is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the Steelers um, are now 9-0, the only unbeaten team 
and they won 36 to 10 against the Bengals. Now, the Bengals do have a, a rookie quarterback in Joe Burrows, who's had a week off. But Burrows, I actually think this was his down week. This was, I think probably every rookie has a, a week that they don't play particularly well. Herbert had it his second week. Um, Tua probably had it his first week um, when he started. Um, and, and this just seemed to be Burrows kind of week. He, he still played played pretty well. Um, 213 yards for a touchdown, no interceptions, which is a big important part. But then you look on the other side of the ball, Ben Roethlisberger, 333 yards for four touchdowns. And he was hitting every receiver out there. He was just throwing to them all. Claypool, Smith, Smith Schuster, Johnson. Johnson uh, received 116 yards um, and a touchdown. Claypool, uh, two touchdowns for 56 yards. He was just hitting everyone. And every week we think, oh, here's Big Ben. Surely he's going to slow down now. Surely we're going to see a team that beat him. And we, I had kind of hoped that maybe the Bengals and Burroughs would be able to put on a really good effort, especially coming off a bye week. But Big Ben, just he just keeps going. Well, and you and I talked about this at the beginning of the, the week last week when Ben ended up on that COVID list. Is this just a, a smokescreen kind of thing? We, you can't help but wonder because, I mean, he came out there and after taking a week off, he did have, you know, his knee, knees, uh, both, both plural, <laughs> injury uh, in the previous game and then ended up on the COVID list. So he wasn't practicing all week. And then here he shows up on game day and he's lights out. So I don't know, maybe you're onto something with that, with that, I, that conspiracy theory there, James, with, with the putting quarterbacks to, to show up on the COVID list until the day of the game, because the Bengals had no answer for Ben Roethlisberger. And like you said, he was able to pick and choose between his receivers. All right, your turn. You haven't had a touchdown yet. Here, here you go. Your, your turn. So it was, um, it was a great showing for Ben Roethlisberger. He had one of his best games of the season and it was the Steelers look legit this year. I, they're, I think that they're nine and zero, and I feel somehow that they're still kind of quietly at nine and zero. The the Chiefs get talked about all the time, and I, the Steelers are are a team that that's going to go far. I I wonder if they're going to finish the season undefeated because they it looks like they probably could. The, the second the rest of their games look like they could be pretty easy wins for them. They do have to face the Ravens again, but if we see the Ravens that show up uh, last night um, in the uh, Sunday night game, then we don't have to worry any about the, the Steelers don't have to worry about the Ravens at all because the, the Ravens Patriots game that happened on Sunday night was a mess. And Lamar Jackson, you know, 249 passing yards, two touchdowns, 55 rushing yards, but he they, he had no answer for all that rain. The rain that just got to got to him and the Patriots came out on top and Cam Newton, I mean, he only had 118 passing yards. It's amazing to me that it, it, they were able to to pull off this victory and Ravens have got to figure out what's going on with Lamar Jackson and Jackson has got to start stepping up his game and, and getting his team some wins. Um, they're at six and three. They're not out of it by any means, but Jackson does not look to be the MVP guy that he was last year. Yeah, Jackson's looked um, 
almost a ghost of himself. And um, we've seen um, Allen for the Bills a couple of weeks ago had a really bad game, and we said he, he looked like a total ghost of himself. And with Jackson, because he was the MVP, we kind of gave him a bit of leeway. And at the beginning of the season, we were saying, oh, man, he's not hit top gear. He's just in third gear. He's just toying with us. He's going to get better. And he stayed in third gear, stayed in third gear. And each week, he's just still in third gear. And we're still waiting for him to explode. He only ran for 55 yards. And when we say only ran for 55 yards, we're looking at Kyler Murray, who runs consistently for over 100 yards each game, um, with the exception of this week. But Cam Newton, it, he somehow manages to, to rush for 21 yards. Um, whereas you've got Harris, who was the big, who, who kind of stepped up for the Patriots, 121 yards. He didn't get a touchdown out of it, but that's 121 yards um, off of 22 carries. I mean, that that's pretty decent. Uh, Burkhead, not so good, or not as good, um, six carries for 31 yards. Um, and But the receiving yards are, are pretty dire um, for, for the Patriots. And 142. 42 yards or 118 from from Newton um just isn't isn't great Myers came in he he threw for one um and got a touchdown um so fair play for him um whereas on the the Baltimore side I'm expecting Dobbins Ingram to, to step up and there's a lot of yards in passing but just not a lot of kind of production two touchdowns from from all 249 yards um, of passing, just the Ravens just aren't. I think we had a Ravens expectations really high, uh, and they have underdelivered substantially. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And granted, this, at the end of the game, they were playing in monsoon weather. It was just pouring rain on them when they were trying to make that final drive. But it, it even just watching all their body language in that final drive in the rain, it was, they're kind of like, Meh, there's no way we're going to get this. I just feel like they already felt defeated. And I remember watching the Ravens last year and, and seeing Mark Ingram in press conferences, and they were all so excited they're with, with their quarterback. They're like, ha see, look, look at Lamar Jackson. This guy's, this guy's the real deal. They all were behind him. They were, they seemed like their energy was just so, so high. And I think everything just kind of seems a little, a little off with them this year. And maybe it is because Ingram's missed time. Maybe he's a strong leader in the locker room, but everyone kind of just seems to be going through the motions and they have to figure things out. Um, if they're going to end up making a playoff push here. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, have a look at the, the lines then that we, we took. Um, so sadly in this game, we all took the Ravens. Um, so none of us uh, pick up the win um, on this one, sadly. Um, on the Bengals-Steelers, uh, we did all take the Steelers. Um, I took them by 10. Katie took them by 7. Eric took them by 14. So another win for Eric. He's, he's doing well for the guests, um, for the uh, starting week of the guests. So um, well done to him. Um, what we'll do is we'll take a, a real quick break and then we will be back with Monday Night Football. Okay, so I am back. I'm back for Monday Night Football on my own. Katie's had to, to nip off. Um, so we have Minnesota taking on Chicago. Must win for both teams, really, let's be honest. Um, Minnesota 
turned their season around, winning games. Devin Cook has been awesome. Uh, the Bears, bit of a downslide, and unfortunately that continued. Um, the uh, Vikings win 19-13. to It was a bit of a stop-start game. There wasn't a, a great amount of action. Uh, but where we did have action was Justin Jefferson. Eight receptions for 135 yards. He didn't get a touchdown. Um, Adam Thielen had a, a pretty decent game. Only uh, 43 re- yards received. But two touchdowns off the back of that. So um, he was the man in the end zone uh, for Minnesota. He did really well. Uh, Nick Foles, as I say, 106 yards. Wow, that's not going to win you a lot of ball games. Um, let's be honest. Wasn't much of a running game either. Um, Patterson didn't really do a whole lot. Um, and Alan Robinson receiving six receptions for 43 yards was the most. It just looked as me as though the Bears are on a downslide and, and they are continuing that uh, this week and um, not a great game from them and I think they were lucky um, to be to be in this game um, so late. Uh, Minnesota's defence was outstanding. They, they really kind of put so much pressure on Nick Foles. Um, he, was, he was just throwing the ball just to get rid of it really more than anything else. Um, so tough, tough game um, for for Chicago um, but like I say great game for the Vikings and another win uh, Delvin Cook didn't play particularly well however um, the rest of the team kind of made up for that and that's something we didn't see at the beginning of the season when they didn't seem to have that kind of next man up mentality whereas they certainly did um, in Monday Night Football so uh, where does that leave us in guessing lines? So um, it leaves us tied. Uh, both Katie, myself and Eric have four apiece. And um, when we, this happens, we usually go to a tiebreaker. So whoever has guessed the score and got it absolutely correct, um, that would be the tiebreaker. However, <laughs> myself and Katie both have a game each. Um, Katie had taken the Cardinals by two. They won by two. Um, I had taken the Dolphins by eight. Um, and the Dolphins won by eight. So we have another tie. Um, so unfortunately, Eric didn't win it for the guests. Um, but he had a very good effort, to be fair. Um, so where we're at now is we need to take another tiebreaker. Not sure where it's going to come. So at the moment, we'll put it as a tie. Um, but we will uh, try and work out some way that someone wins it. Because we don't like ties, do we? No. Bengals and Eagles um, should know about that. Uh, we don't like ties. So uh, leave that with us um, and we will uh, get that sorted out for you for the next show. Okay, so as I said at the top of the show, there was a lot of big games, uh, a lot of Hail Murray. Um, and yeah, this weekend didn't um, disappoint. A lot of young quarterbacks doing well. So um, thank you very much to Katie Brinkley for again coming on. Um, this week um, on Guess the Lines, as the guest, we will have Alex Cranis um, from England. And he, he will be joining us um, doing very much what Eric did last week. He will guess the lines for the team of guests that we will have. Um, so we're very much looking forward to having Alex on. Um, if you want to get us on social media, you can do so. Across the Pond Sports Pod on uh, Facebook and on Instagram and on Twitter at ATP Sports Pod. Um, we will have another show for you coming up this week. Um, we will have another NFL show with Alex and Katie. Uh, and then later on in the week, we have a, an NBA show because there's a lot of NBA news going to be happening this week. Um, so we're going to do that at the end of the week on Friday, Saturday morning. Uh, we'll release a show with myself, uh, Ryan. Um, who's been on before, uh, and also Joe, 
um, who is across the pond in the Bay Area, um, and maybe one other. We'll see how we go with that. But a lot of plans for this week um, and next and moving on. So show's doing real well. Thank you uh, for listening, and we'll talk to you real soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.